without spot or wrinkle. He's not talking about no building made of bricks and stone. He's talking about you, your vessel, your house, your temple, because your body is the temple where the Holy Spirit dwells. You understand that? But I want to outline and analyze these attacks that's been coming on the house, because everybody that's under this word today, I know that the enemy's been shaking you. He's been shaking you all week. He's been shaking you all month. Every time you look around, you got uh, opposition coming from every hand. You understand? But my job today is to expose some of the tactics that this foul beast try to use to come against you with. So that you recognize these fiery dots when you see them, and then you know how to defend yourself against them. All right? Because first of all, we got to study and learn our enemy. Now, looking at me personally, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a teacher, but I'm a coach by trade. You understand that? Defensive coordinator. That means I set the defense up. So I'm always analyzing the offensive attack of our opponents week in and week out. I mean, every week during the season. You understand? I'm always looking at their strategies, their tactics, how they're planning on putting points on the board. And that's the same way we got to be as Christians in this perilous world that we live in. We got to be strategic. We got to be wise as a serpent, but as harmless as a dove. We got to be able to analyze and see where it is that the enemy trying to throw his attacks in our lives at. All right? So first thing you got to understand is who the enemy is. Who's the enemy? Before he was known as Satan, he was known as Lucifer. The word Lucifer means light bringer or light bearer. You understand? That's why when you get in the book of Genesis, you read about the tree of life being in the um, garden. But you also read about this other tree called the um, tree of good and evil that um, God warned man not to, um, to eat of. Eat of means communicate. Okay? It's, it's very important that you understand that because he was a light bringer, that means a light. When you bring out the light, that means you have God's word in you. So for him to go from being a light bringer to being Satan, which is an adversary or an accuser of the brethren, then that lets you know that that was a fall, even in him. Same way it is in man. It, um, we don't, we're not careful. We don't stay on that path of righteousness. There can be a fall in our lives. You understand? But first thing, I want to go over a couple of things that, attacks that this enemy tried to use against us. The first thing is that he always, Satan, since that he know the word, he always try to um, use the word of God to bring doubt in our lives or to bring doubt into God or, or, or by us about who God is. Let's look at some of this doubt that he sowed. Uh, flip with me right quick to um, Genesis 3 and 1. Genesis 3 and 1. This, I just want to throw some examples of how he take God's word twisted and cause doubt to be formulated in it so uh, he can get you to see him. When you got Genesis 3 and 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 3. When you have it, say amen. And, I, and it reads, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord had, God has made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, has God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And listen to the woman's response. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it. Neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. I want to stop right there. You hear what the woman's response was to the enemy? She quoted exactly what Adam had taught her. Adam was the one that gave, was given this precept to teach not to touch the tree. But she did something wrong. And that's where the enemy found a loophole at. Because she added to God's word. She said, um, either shall ye touch it, least ye, ye shall die. Because when God gave the precept to Adam in um, Genesis 2 and 17, I'll read it, you don't have to go to it, save time. It said, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, 
For in that day thou eatest, thou thereof thou shalt surely die. Nowhere in that precept did God tell a man not to touch the tree. But because she added to God's word, now she's allowed, seeing the, I mean, she, she, she was out of position in, in her thought. You understand? You can't add or take away from the word of God. But when you do so, as it says in Revelation, you bring damnation to your own soul. You understand that? All right, so let's see somebody else how Satan tried to twist the word. Flip with me over to Matthew chapter 4, verse 6. Matthew chapter 4, verse 6. Mm-mm. Conniving little enemy. <laughs> when you have a say amen. And he said unto him, if thou be the son of God. Now he's testing Jesus. Now he's testing Jesus. And he said unto him, If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. And then Jesus said unto him, Because Satan threw the word at Christ to try to get him to expose who he is, his identity. So Jesus threw the word right back at him. It is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. See, y'all don't understand the, the scripture that Satan just quoted to Christ right here came from Psalms 91, verse 11 and 12. I'm going to read it. Don't worry about going to it. It said, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. So here it is, the enemy, once again, him being a, a former light bringer or a light bearer, took the word of God, twisted it, just to get people to fall, get people to stumble. You know what I'm saying? So that's one of the attacks of the enemy. He always want to get you to doubt the word of God. Doubt the word of God, change the word of God. Oh, well, that interpretation don't mean such and such. Oh, it means this right here in the spirit realm. That's one of the tricks of the enemy. You understand? God's word is what it is. Take God at his word. All right? Next, um, next thing that the enemy try to use in the church to come against God's people is that he promote false teachings in the body of Christ. Uh-huh. False teachings. I was raised in the Baptist church one time in my life, and then I was raised in another church for a short period of time. A lot of the stuff that I thought was I was on point with in the knowledge of God, I found out totally off. Why? Because I was trusting in the man of God instead of trusting in the God that should have been that God that was in me. You understand? Because we got access to the throne of grace for ourselves. As long as we're walking in truth. You understand? A lot of stuff that we've been given was a bunch of rhetoric and, and false teachings passed down by man. And I'm going to show you the main important place where this thing entered into the church. Feel with me to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2. Those of y'all that was with us a couple uh, weeks ago, month, might have been a month or two ago, on Wednesday night, I was talking about this message here. Well, I'm coming from this chapter with, and I'm going to expose the hand of the enemy. If y'all be patient with me, I'm going to teach y'all. Because my thing is, if you're going to walk with God, and I'm going to walk with you as your brother, I want to make sure the things that God has shown me, I'll be able to get out of my vessels and give to you. You understand? It's time out being fat on the word. It's time to take what God gave you, the truth God gave you, and give it to the people. And one thing I've learned is this. Those who really love God, those who really care about their salvation, they're going to eat this word, and they're going to take it. It's going to challenge them, and they're going to they gonna rise up in it. The ones that's babies, the ones that's wishy-washy, the ones that's playing church, they ain't going to see this message anyway. But that, that don't matter, because guess what? I love you all just like God do. 
But all y'all ain't going to make it. You know why? Because you're going to allow your pride and your heart, your heart and heart to get in the way of your salvation. But let's look at this false teaching that um, we talk about, that Satan brought into the church. Now here's Jesus speaking to the seven churches in the book of Revelation. So simple fact that he's speaking to the churches lets you know that there's something foul going on in these churches around the land. Even in this, in this place called America, these churches are totally off. You understand? And I'm going to expose it. I'm going to expose it. And here's Jesus, um, um, 2 and 14, and it reads, But I have a few things against thee, because thou have, has there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat the things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So has thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth, meaning the word of God. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. To him that covereth, overcometh, excuse me, will I give to eat the hidden manner, the hidden word, that means the hidden mysteries. And I will give him a white stone, and in, that, in the stone a new name written, which no man knoweth that receiveth it. And unto the angel to the church of um, Thyatira, same teaching, these things said the Son of God, who has his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet unto like fine brass. I know thy works, and charity, and service, and faith, and thy patience, and thy works, Notwithstanding a few things against them, because thou sufferest that bell spirit, which calleth herself to teach and seduce my servants to commit and to eat things to idols. Let me give you the breakdown of what just happened right here. When you talk about the um, teachings of Balaam, what happened back in the days, Balak was a guy that hired this um, soothsayer named Balaam. Balaam was paid money to cast a stumbling block, cast curses on the children of Israel, okay? But it didn't work. Every time he cast a curse, God still continued to bless the children of Israel. You understand? So, to make a long story short, what Balaam decided to do, he tricked the church, because Israel was a representation of the first church. The way he tricked the church was, he brought them to a feast, to a festival, and saying they're bringing them in, working them into the, um, the other congregation of people. And I'm paraphrasing so I can get through this. Okay, but what they did while they was feasting and they was festival, they, they, they caused the children of Israel to commit what's called spiritual fornication because they started eating foods that were sacrificed unto idols. You understand? So when you sacrifice, you're eating food, that's just like taking in the word. You know what I'm saying? That means you're eating doctrines that belongs to another set of people, to another God. You understand? And then on top of that, they started laying with the women of these tribes, people that was um, going into. So they committed... Not only was it spiritual fornication, <clears throat> excuse me, but they also committed physical fornication. You understand? The church today is on a spirit of fornication. Don't even know it because they don't know what this doctrine being introduced into the church. You understand? Let me get um, back, back to where I was at because Jesus also spoke to the um, church of, oh, man, just lost my thought. Forgive me. But Jesus also um spoke to the church of Pergamos. Let me paraphrase it. And the word Pergamos, he uh, outlined that the word uh, that the church of Pergamos was where Satan had his seat. So here's a church that's teaching a doctrine where Satan has his, his seat at. You understand? The word Pergos is two words, Pergamos. 
The word pergos in Greek means tower. The word gamos means marriage. And when you research the word tower, it takes you back to Nimrod and the Babylonians when they uh, erected the Tower of Babel. You understand? That word marriage refers to the church being called we're married to Christ. But it was a point in history that a lot of y'all don't even know about. It was around 325 A.D., uh, Constantine, Emperor Constantine and Knights of Council, Constantine denounced his, uh, his faith and accepted Christianity. But he didn't do it out of the change of the heart. He did it out of political reasons because he wanted to merge the people of his land together. So what he did by converting, he brought in a doctrine with that, that mixed pagan worship with the teachings of Christianity, what's known as Christendom, what we worship over here in the Western world as Christianity. It has a form of godliness, but it has no power. You understand? That's the doctrine that's being introduced in the church. Anytime you're celebrating all these holidays, ignorantly because they've been passed down to you from, from grandparent to grandparent, what you're actually doing, you're partaking in pagan rituals. If you don't believe me, you think I'm lying to you, look it up and research it for yourself. I challenge you to. Because while you're being challenged and you go search out the truth for yourself, that's when you're going to begin to grow in God. You know what I'm saying? Prove me wrong. All right? So when you celebrate and you partake in this kind of activities, all you're doing is you're operating just like the children of Israel under Balaam, spiritual fornication. And then you wonder why the churches in our society don't have no power. You understand? Because they ain't connected to the truth. 1 Timothy 4 and 1 says, now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. If you want to understand what that means by your conscience seared, see, when you take on the Spirit of God, there's a continuous flow between God and you entering out your vessel. You understand? Entering out your mind, entering out your conscience. You understand? But when your conscience becomes seared, it's like taking a, a hot iron and plugging it to an end of a blood vessel. What it does, it burns it off the way it cuts off the blood flow. So now that spirit of truth is not coming into you to convict you of your wrong. So you, now you're thinking, well, it's okay. I can continue to walk the way I am. Your conscience is seared. You're no longer walking in the truth. Now you're living in your own lust of your own ways, your own flesh. You understand? Disconnected from the word of truth. Disconnected from the spirit of God. Okay? And then um, another scripture I want y'all to go to is um, 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. 1 John chapter 4, verse 3. Still talking about this wicked devil. We think it's something new that just came into this age and this society. No. This, 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 this spirit being in the earth, even when Jesus came on the scene, it was already operating. 4 and 3. First John is going to explain that. And it reads, And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of that what? He didn't say spirit of the Antichrist, because that was subjected to probably one possible being. It says spirit of Antichrist. So when it says spirit of Antichrist, that's a bit encompassed. It just grew. How wide this Antichrist spirit is. 
You understand? Because, see, we've been taught wrong by the church. We've been waiting for the Antichrist to be exposed. He's a son of perdition. The Bible do say that, but we don't understand. It's a spirit. We ain't looking for a man. We're looking for a spirit. And the signal to understand that the spirit is in existence is they ain't falling after God. They're teaching another gospel. They're teaching something different than Jesus. You understand? That's how you understand their signs and know who they are. So four and three, let me finish. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Well, have heard come and even now already is in the world. So this spirit was already in the world when Christ came on the scene. Why? Where did the spirit come from? The same one that was a light bringer? The same one that failed? The same one that became the adversary? That same spirit. Satan, it says in Revelation that he deceives the whole world. You understand that? So if he took the word of God to try to change it to tempt Christ, if he took the word of God to change it to cause damnation on mankind, what makes you think he won't take the word of God, change it, to get the church to follow a false doctrine, false teaching, thinking they serving God, but they ain't got no power. They got a form of godliness, no power thereof. That's another attack of the enemy. Next thing I want to talk to you is that another thing that the enemy uses, that he caused confusion in the body of Christ with religion. I'm going to suppose this thing. Y'all just have to work with me today. might be a little long. You're going to have to walk. You understand? Because I'm going to teach this one time. I hope you get understanding from it. Because when you look at the word religion, I went and did a research on this word. The word religion messed me up. The word religion comes from a word religio or reli, religari or religar, however you want to pronounce it. means spiritually to bind, restrain, or bondage. What kind of bondage is it putting you in? Religion puts you in bondage that hinders you from the freedom that you should have in Christ. That's what religion do. You understand? Let me give you another thing. Under the uh, umbrella of religion, you got what's called denominations. Y'all done heard of them. I'm Baptist. I'm Pentecostal. I'm Episcopal. I'm Catholic. Whatever denomination you want to call out there. The word denomination means division. You understand? So here it is, religion, that its whole purpose is to bind the people of God. It's to place you in what's called spiritual bondage. To bind, to restrain, to put you in bondage. And then on top of that, you got another thing that's called denomination, which means to divide. I'm going to expose that. I'm going to expose that. Let's go to Matthew. Let's see what Christ got to say. Let me see what my king got to say about this. I rebuke them ones to make these movies in Hollywood. Every time you see Christ, you see him as some type of weak vessel. Man, that's diminishing my Savior, man. Christ had much power. Much power. And any time he could destroy those that broke their hands up against him. What did he do? He humbled himself. They don't know what they do. Father, forgive them. They know right now I called out a legion of angels. Wipe this whole mankind out and start over if we wanted to. And they sitting around here walking around like they doing something. Because they being used by Satan. Matthew 16 and 18. Time for the church, house of God to raise up. God ain't called us to be no cowards. Sit around, let stuff happen, and then we, we just sit there and just roll with this, take it. Always walking around with our heads down and our hands bind. The devil is a liar. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You live that defeated life as you want to. 
Nah. Go through too much hell on this side of glory just to read a term of damnation. Satan going to that fire by himself. You understand that? Matthew 16 and 18 says, And I say unto them, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock will I build my what? Say it again. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give unto thee the key, keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. See, I like how my, my Savior came bold with it. He said, upon this word I shall build my church. Not no Baptist church. Not no Jehovah's Witness church. Not no Episcopal church. Pentecostal, Baptist, whatever you want to call Christ ain't got nothing to do with that. He got one church. And because you allow the enemy to come in and seal your understanding because you don't study the word of truth for yourself, you're falling after another doctrine and don't even know it. 1 Corinthians 1 and 10 says, Now I beseech you, brethren, in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus, that ye all speak the same thing, that there be no division among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and the same judgment. Now this I say that every one of you said, and listen to this. He was speaking to the churches at this particular time because folks began to set themselves up to allow denominations to come in. But they wasn't doing it by religion. This is how they was doing it. He said, I am of Paul. Another one was saying, I am of Apollos. Another one was saying, I am of Cephas, which means Peter. And another one said, I am of Christ. And listen to what Paul's response was. Is Christ divided? Certainly not. Was Paul crucified for you? No, Paul wasn't crucified for you. Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? You see how easy it is for the church to get, get off track? Instead of them walking in agreement, instead of them walking side by side, they begin to break themselves off into the dominations. They begin to line themselves up according to what our apostle or what dignitary baptized them in the name of Jesus. Jesus did it all. Can't nobody come into the Father unless the Holy Spirit bring them, draws them. So who, why are they giving their credit and want to say, I'm falling under Paul. I'm falling under Paulus. I'm falling under Peter. Ludicrous. They speak one mind, one body, walking after the same cause. But they easily allow themselves to be divided. And when all this confusion come up in the, in, in the church, you know who it messes up the most? The, the, new, the new beginners, the new believers, the babes in Christ. It kills them. Why? Because now they're they in confusion. They don't know if the Pentecostal way is the way to God. They don't know if the Baptist way is the way to God. They don't know if the Jehovah Witness way is the way to God. They confuse. They don't know what path to travel. That's a trick of the enemy. Bring forth confusion. Bring forth babble in the body of Christ. You know what I'm saying? My God. Matthew 12 and 25. I want everybody to get this. Go ahead and flip with me there. Matthew 12 and 25. Again, I know this long, but I got to get this message to y'all the way I receive it so you can get understanding. We're living in the last days, y'all. And I love what my Savior promised um, Israel, which is us. He promised that before the end comes, all things shall be made known. God is exposing on mass levels the lies, the debauchery, everything, every trick that the enemy used to get the body of Christ out of alignment. He's exposing it. Why? 
Because he's exposing it because he wants us to get back right. He wants us to repent and come back to him. Because once we get repent, change from our wicked ways, then God is able to hear from our, hear our voice in heaven, and then he'll begin to bless us. Not only will he bless us, he'll place that hedge of protection back over us, that spiritual covering, then we can walk around with the power and the might of the most high in our walking life. Then that's when you're going to see this land change, when you're going to see folks healed and delivered by the sound of your voice, or like Peter, by the touching of your shadow touching them, they'll be healed. Ain't no power like that in this earth and in this land, because what are we following after? What are we following after? 12 and 25, let's get it. You got to say amen. And Jesus knew their thoughts and said unto them, Every kingdom, even the kingdom of heaven, divided against itself, is brought to what? Desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not what? And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? There it is. Christ just gave you. If we're divided, if we're broken to these religions and denominations, if we're not joined together in spirit and truth and in love, brotherly love, then the kingdom shall not stand. That's, maybe that's the reason why it's been over 2,000 years since Christ was well, going on 2,000 years, not fully 2,000 years yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He died in 333 A.D. All right, so my point is, maybe that's why the church is not fulfilling the promises it should in this world because it's so busy being divided. You understand? So confusion, that's another trick of the enemy. Not only in the church as a global and a connected church, but also it brings forth confusion in the minds of the believers. Because when you get into all these different doctrines, these all different teachings, it confuses you. You don't know what path to go. And I'm going to tell you something. This is what I want you to do. If you think the religions are above Christ, from, you're going to find out every last one of these denominations that I just speak about, and it's about 600, uh, 500 something more. I think it's over 600 denominations worldwide. All of them were started by man, not God. Man is the founder. And you know man is imperfect in all his ways. You understand? Next hindrance. Next hindrance Satan uses to the child of God is that, <coughs> excuse me, he hinders your growth from the word of God in the church. Everybody flip with me because you got to see this. Flip with me to Matthew 13, chapter 19, excuse me, Matthew 13, verses 19 through 23. I'm going to show you how this net trick of the enemy, how <coughs> he takes the word from you. Matthew. Lord, help me get <laughs> Remember, I'm just a word bearer. I'm not the word. The word is right here in front of you. Let it challenge you. Let it correct you. Let it bring judgment upon you that you get you lined up right with God. Not me. But I'm going to speak what thus says the Lord. And it reads, when anyone heareth, this is how the um, enemy messes with the believer in the church. Find which one of these people are you represented by. One, every last one of y'all going to fall underneath one of these. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and understand it is not, then cometh the wicked one, Satan, and catches away that which was sown in his heart. 
This is he which receiveth by the wayside. All right, that's one. But he that receiveth the seed <coughs> into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. That's that believe you that's in the house, out of the house. You understand? For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, by and by he is an offended. This is the person that they receive the word with truth, with joy, but then they become offended because they wish you watching. You understand? And when they get, and then when persecution comes against them, when they are tried by the trials of life, they can't stand. They wish you watching. You know what I'm saying? Because they didn't receive it the way they're supposed to receive it. And then let's look at the last one. He also that receives seed amongst the thorn is he that hears the word and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. It don't say the word becometh unfruitful. He becometh unfruitful. He or she. You understand? Analyze yourself and see which one of these do you fall underneath. Because that's the whole purpose of the enemy. Once he got you in the house, once he got you where you're trying to walk right with God, he's going to send confusion in your life. Once he's seeing confusion in your life, now... That word that you should be getting in the house for the edification of yourself and the edification of the body whole, it ain't planted and received in the mannerism which it was to be received so it can bring forth fruit, and that fruit lead to power in your life where you'll be able to stand against the wild of the enemy. You understand? So that's how you hinder the growth of the word. The next thing that he do, when he didn't attack the church internally and attack you internally, next thing he want to focus on is he going to focus on the family. This is one of his biggest tricks against the body of Christ is the destruction of the family structure. And I'm going to dig into this because we got we to know this because the family is the foundation of the church. God saw fit for man not to be alone in the garden that he made him a help me to walk with him. You understand that? And then he 